Hi, I'm Tina. And I'm Amber. And, and we're, we're the Slayer, Slayer Sisters. Sisters. Hello. 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 Hope you all are enjoying today, tomorrow. It's nice out today. It's gorgeous out today. I mean, depending on where you are. We're Whoa. in Wisconsin. Yeah. It's nice having our headphones back on again. I know. That, that was, was weird. weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But we're good now. Yeah. We're good now. We got it figured out. Yep. What did you say? So we got it figured out. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Okay, I thought I heard something else. Nope, that's what I said. I like, there's no N in figured. Okay. That's okay, I'm just saying. Okay. I'm just saying. So, anywho, uh, welcome back, everybody. Yes. Um, we are rocking it. Mm-hmm. Well, you're rocking in your chair like an old lady. I am old. Because you're, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Right. So we are well over 300 uh, followers, subscribers, beautiful fans. Yep. Like we said, we have gone international we sure in have. a month and a half. I know, crazy. Fuck yeah. It's awesome. Yeah. And uh, this episode is going to have multiple parts. Oh yeah, there's no way. It's going to get, uh, it's going to get, it's going to get bumpy and it's, gonna get sensitive and um we're both okay with that yeah there's probably gonna be a lot of times that we like just rant for a little bit and that's oh okay. i would imagine that's all right that's okay we are covering the black hawk war mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so uh we're just gonna get right into it all Ms. right Amber. so a little bit about black hawk all right if i kill this i'm sorry oh my gosh what you want to do it Wow. <laughs> what? Wow. You want to give you it even, a shot? Did you even try to look it up? To I see did. How it's pronounced? Uh, did you listen yeah, to it, it says right. Oh, never mind. No, I, that's not <laughs> what it is. Uh, I did, but that was a while ago, so I don't remember. <sighs> okay, so first of all, Blackhawk, we're talking about an actual person right now. Yes. Okay, yeah. Let's just make that clear. Mm-hmm. Blackhawk. Uh, which was also known as, and this is in the Native American sock language, yeah. sock, mm-hmm. not sock, sock, sock. That's what I said. Sock. Ma katai mishi kaya kayak. Okay. Okay. We'll go. I'm sorry for if I uh, pronounce that wrong. Um, it stands for a large black hawk. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. And go from there. So we're talking about Blackhawk. Blackhawk. He was a Native American. Yes. Sock. Sock. Right? Yeah. Okay. And go. So he was born in 1776 um, in Sockanook, Illinois. So he was a war chief and leader of the Sock tribe in the Midwest. He's also known for being a war leader for his, like, a captain of his actions. So he was like a... He was a doer. He yeah. was a go-getter. Yeah. Okay. Um, he earned his credentials by leading raids and war parties in his youth. So, he's all about that. And in the War of 1812, for all of those who don't know what the War of 1812 was, it was a war between, uh, the British and the Americans. And Native Americans fought in that as well. Um, so, and Ireland, Ireland also fought in it. But, it took place around the Great Lakes area. Um, and an undeterred Blackhawk and his group of 200 warriors were allies with the British. Oh. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, they fought against the U.S. Army. Okay. Uh, because it was Black Hawk's wish to push white settlers away from his people in the Sauk territory. Which is what the British were trying to do as well. Yeah. Kind of. Kind of. I mean, they, I, the Brit, okay, whatever. Well, they were white too, but okay. Yeah. Okay. Black Hawk was saddened by the many lives that were lost due to the European attack methods. So, he decided he was going to return home to Sauk and Nuke, which He's he like, did. Fuck this shit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So before all that, in 1804, um, the Sock and Fox tribes, which is the same thing, Sock and Fox are the same thing, just they went, it was by their territory. Okay. That they went by that. Um, they went down to uh, St. Louis because they had a group of young um, warriors that had killed some white people, so they were imprisoned down there. And a um, couple of the tribal chiefs, not tribal chiefs, a couple of chiefs from the Sock and Fox uh, tri- tribes had gone down there to get them back. Okay. Which there's a difference between war leaders and tribal chiefs and all that. So keep that in mind. They go down there and uh, they wanted to exchange some kind of payment for their people. They end up getting pissed drunk. Super drunk, and they ended up signing what is known as the 1804 Treaty of St. Louis, which is basically that their tribes had to give up all their lands from Missouri all the way to southern Wisconsin. So, most of Missouri, all of Illinois, the southern half of Wisconsin. Uh, so yeah, both, uh, and it was both tribes that had to do that, and, uh, Blackhawk was pissed. Well, and... Let's just make it clear. When they went down there and the white man mm-hmm. got them pissed drunk, mm-hmm. had them sign this treaty, made them think it was just to get their people back, it wasn't because these um, tribal chiefs couldn't read English. Right. So it was definitely a bullshit trick. Yeah. You they know. also, um, in exchange for these lands, this is such horseshit, but in exchange for these lands, and that's a lot of land, right? Yes. Um, they offered, and this is in the treaty, they offered the Sock and Fox tribes $1,000 worth of goods per year. Again, they didn't know what they were signing. Exactly. Fucking ass. And Blackhawk said that the tribal leaders who signed the treaty were not authorized to sign the treaty. By their tribal um, laws. Laws, yeah. Mm-hmm. So he's pissed. <clears throat> right. Well, yeah. Okay. So just a little background on Sakanuk because that was um, a big... Sakanuk is a big deal with this whole Black Hawk War, okay? So it's located on the north bank of, Rock, of the Rock River, just upriver from the Mississippi. So there's two rivers there, which is... Huge. Mm -hmm. Lots of resources. Right. Um, So, it was a social, spiritual, and economic center for the Sox. It had fertile land surrounding a hundred or so lodges, which provided homes for most of several thousands of Sox for much of the year. Um, And it was considered sacred ground. The field extended two miles north of the village. Like, big-ass field. Right. Um, And it produced... Corn, beans, squash, and pumpkin. 
and there was an abundance of fish and plentiful deer, deer and other game um, that inhabited the forest. Okay. And then um, they also had grassland, and that provided buffalo and right across the Mississippi. Okay. So, um, it had two rich deposits of lead nearby, which provided another economic activity for the sock. And, uh, yeah, it was the center of the Sox trading network. And so, this was all in... Sockanook. Sockanook. Mm-hmm. Which is what part of the treaty was that gave up. Yeah, because right, it's like in Illinois. All of that. So, yeah. Right. Okay. Um, so, also, it was their political center. So, in the early 19th century, it provided a place for main meetings uh, for the Sock tribal government. And the government included civil chiefs and war chiefs, see, two different chiefs, who presided over the council, which represented the 12 clans that made up the Sauk Nation. Okay. They didn't pass laws. They just applied traditional customs and rules to situations that emerged either within the tribe or with outsiders. So, that was their political. It also They also allotted uh, hunting grounds, decided on land sales, and uh, sent out war parties. Okay, and that was all done in Sockanook. In Sockanook, yep. Okay. So, among the Fox and Sock, uh, formal political power was not the only route to influence and significance. So, neither Blackhawk nor his main rival, Chief Keokuk, were uh, civil chiefs. They were war chiefs, so. But their influence grew from their military accomplishments, right? So, Blackhawk, um, he went against... Various native enemies in the 19, or 1780s and 1790s. And Keokuk went against the Americans during the War of 1812. Their, their past success led in leading raids against other tribes or defending the Sock and Fox villages ensured they would be consulted in times of crises. And they would command some support if called upon like the Sock and Fox warriors to join in their raids. So they were both really influential in... Uh, their tribe. Uh, and traditionally, such men were not allowed to speak in council or represent the nation in formal meetings with outsiders because they were war. And not civil. Mm-hmm. Um, and, the, you know, when Blackhawk got older, he generally accepted these tradition, traditional limits. Um, but events built toward the war in the spring of 1832, and he viewed himself as acting under the guidance of some of the younger civil chiefs. So he was like, yeah, no, thank you. <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm right. Old. Okay. Yeah. He was like, yeah, no, not happening. Which Chief Keokuk, in contrast, he um, increasingly exercised the powers of a civil chief. He was like, yeah, so listen, I'm going to be a civil chief, okay? Um, so his growing influence arose largely from the fact that American officials recognized that he was uh, disposed to a peaceful to peaceful accommodations. And they treated him as a chief. So it kind of went to his head. Keokuk. Yeah. Okay. Um, they showered him with gifts that he could uh, redistribute among his people. They consulted with him. They treated him if, as if he was in a position to make decisions for his people. And uh, he was favored by the powerful Americans, which in turn gained the favor of his own people. The reason Keokuk is important is because when the Black Hack War comes up, he's a big deal. Okay. So. So... Black Hawk, the Black Hawk War was a conflict over land, like we said, the Treaty of 1804. Um, from the American perspective, the treaty was binding and legal. Done. It was negotiated by William Henry Harrison, who was the governor of the Indiana Territory, which included Illinois in 1840, or 1804. And he was officially authorized for this person, or for this position, 
And once he submitted the treaty to sec the Secretary of War, Henry Dearborn, who was the cabinet official responsible for Native American affairs at the time, um, they went through the same process as any other treaty. They submitted it to President Thomas Jefferson, to the Senate. Uh, Thomas Jefferson? Garbage. We'll get there. Um, then it was approved by at least two-thirds of the Senate, declared formally ratified in January of 1805. Garbage. <sighs> it's a lot, guys. Okay, this is a lot. <laughs> So, obviously, the Sock and the Fox saw things differently, right? On their part, the treaty had been negotiated and signed by four people, which, there's 12 clans. Right. You can't just have four chiefs, not Speak. civil chiefs. <laughs> right. Speak sign. for everybody yeah. and sign something that they didn't even understand they were signing. Exactly. Right? Yep. Like, the Americans knew... But not the Native Americans. No. None of the Native American tribe knew what the fuck they were signing. Exactly. So they're like, oh, well, well now it's legal. Yeah. Now we're going to push it through because it's legal because there's your signature. Bullshit. Which also, just, you know, let's throw this out there as well. Um, the Native American government is completely different than the United States government and what they were trying to put together. Don't be trying to push your fucking bullshit on people who, A, don't understand, and B, don't give a fuck. Like, exactly. they have their own government. They do things their own way. Exactly. They're not you. Stop. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh, God, it's starting. <laughs> um, so, once again, out of these four people, none of them were important chiefs. None of them have been authorized by the Sock and Fox Tribal Councils to negotiate a land uh, session. Right? Right. That didn't happen. So, when they had gone to St. Louis and met with Harrison to quiet the tensions and get their young warriors back, right, um, the treaty was signed, and they insisted that they had not intentionally ceded away their land. Um, and the Sock and Fox Tribal Council informed the Americans that the four negotiators had been in no position to do so. So, like, immediately, they were like, they are not authorized by our council right. to make these decisions. Um, so the tribe saw the treaty as an insult, and they also viewed it as an, an invalid result of an honest misunderstanding or deliberate fraud. I'm going with deliberate fraud. And I think, you know, I do think that they just wanted to live in peace. They're mm -hmm. just like, oh, absolutely. we're going to be here, let's just live in peace. So I'm sure initially they're like, it's just an honest misunderstanding. Right. But when nothing changed, they were like, okay, you You fuckers. fucked us over. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. Uh-huh. <sighs> So, to Governor Harrison, Secretary Dearborn, and President Jefferson, the November 1804 treaty with the Sock and Fox, Foxes represented a successful end to a policy that had been set in motion almost two years earlier. So, in early 1803, Thomas motherfucking Jefferson had written Harrison outlining a new policy for the Native Americans east of the Mississippi. His thinking was influenced by his belief that the French would take possession of Louisiana. Jefferson had hoped to live in peace with both the French and the Native Americans. Really? Mm. Mm. And it was easier to achieve the latter than the former. Okay, so it was easier to, to achieve peace with the Native Americans than it was with the French. Why that's a thing? I don't know. <laughs> Jefferson believed that peace between the Americans and Native Americans would come after the Natives changed their ways. Okay. Oh, fucking here we go. They would Ooh. have to yeah, breathe. You better breathe now. Oh, motherfucker. Okay. Mm. So mm -hmm. they would have to stop hunting. Okay. Uh, 
mm-hmm. commit all of their efforts to farming. <laughs> Ooh. Mm. Um, they would have to begin spinning thread and weaving cloth and end their wars with, with each other, with other tribes. Like, they had to end them. They couldn't have any more wars between tribes. No. If they mm-hmm. did these things, right, then they could blend in with Amer- other Americans and become one people. As they made the shift, they'd be willing to abandon much of their land that kept them, like, that they kept it for hunting grounds, but it would no longer be needed because they'd be farmers. So you motherfucker want them to be sheep. Or slaves. Right. Yeah. You do what we say and everything will be just fucking fine. Stop everything you've done. Yeah. Your entire life. Your your, culture. Your entire culture and do what we do. Mm Mm-hmm. No thank you. Go fuck yourself. I'd have stabbed him in his motherfucking (laughs) throat. Let's just... Let's just talk for a second about the kind of person, <laughs> of the kind of person that Thomas Jefferson is. Oh, oh, fuck. This fucker had more illegitimate children than he had children with his wife, okay? Right. And 90% of them were black. Listen, I know for a fucking fact, because I we know, we the proof is in the fucking pudding from our history. Right. He did not... Ask them nicely to have no. sex with him. Uh, that was really yes. Nice nothing but rape. And you have the fucking audacity, the fucking audacity to make another person of color another fucking bow down and kiss your and ass. No, fuck no, you. No, Mm-mm. fuck you. You piece of garbage. Like how dare you? Come to lands that don't fucking belong to you. Right. They belong to Native Americans. They were here fucking first. And you demand them to act like you? They don't want to be like you. No. They don't give a shit about you. They just want to live in peace and do their fucking thing. Fucking fuck. Garbage. Garbage. Fucking garbage. Yeah, seriously. That motherfucker did nothing but rape. And take advantage of every fucking person he absolutely could. Yeah. Oh, be like us. No, no, thank you. I don't want to be a piece of shit European. No. Fuck you. Right. Bitch. So, Jefferson eventually expected all of this spare land to be made available to American settlers. Like, he just expected it. Like, it's going to happen. <laughs> mm. <sighs> So, in 1803, he urgently wanted Native American lands on the eastern banks of the Mississippi. He's like, we gotta have it. Like, we gotta have it. Because by placing American settlers along the river from the source of its mouth, Jefferson hoped to have enough militiamen on the frontier to protect the United States from French Louisiana. So, you're going to force people out of their homes and off their land so that you... Can put the military on it? Right. Um, so you, 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 mm. so you want war, yeah. clearly. Mm-hmm. Just not with the Native Americans. Well, no. Apparently. You know, yeah. Air quotes. Air quotes. Right. No. You fucking piece of shit. So, he, okay, and in this research, they were trying real hard to make Thomas Jefferson not sound like a piece of shit, because, like, I wrote it word for word in this part, because I think it's hilarious. He did recognize that many of the Native Americans in this critical spot along the Mississippi might not be ready to abandon their culture. 
So if they preferred to continue hunting, they would have to agree to move west of the Mississippi. Oh my fuck. What? <laughs> this is shit, you know, we didn't learn in school. Right. Well, of course they're not going to teach you that. No. Oh, what? Thomas Jefferson was a fuck? Yes. Yes, he was. Disgusting piece of shit. You want to keep hunting? That's fine. But guess what? You're moving fucking west. Mm Mm-hmm. Because we're taking your shit and we don't care. Right. Go to hell, you piece of shit. Yes. Hmm. So that's, in the, in early 1803, that's when Jefferson assigned Harrison a major role in putting this policy into execution, right? Right. So fuck you, Harrison, too. Mm-hmm. So Harrison was responsible for the east bank of the Mississippi from the Ohio River in the south to the Canadian border in the north. Um, and by the time he signed the treaty with the Sock and Fox, oh, this is good. This is good. In the late, in late 1804, the, the diplomatic context had changed. You know why? Because the United States had possessed, now possessed Louisiana. They didn't have to take their fucking land. But no. Harrison still seized this opportunity to advance Jefferson's original policy. You, what? Um, so, didn't have to happen, but he's like, oh, no, no. I'm going to kiss his ass. Yeah. And I'm going to promote myself and look like such a great person to continue to be a piece of shit. Uh-huh. And take this culture's... God-given land. Yeah. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck <clears throat> you. Garbage. So, the Treaty of 1804 did not lead to the immediate removal of the Sock and Fox from the lands east of the Mississippi. Obviously. They don't believe in it. No. It's I'm not like, legal to them. No. They're like, we ain't going anywhere. So, under Article 7 of this treaty, okay, they could remain on their lands as long as it was in the possession of the United States government. It did change their relations with many of their neighbors, American, Native American, and British. I wonder fucking why. She shocker. Uh, so clearly the Sock and Fox had not been pleased when the Americans replaced the Spanish in Louisiana in 1804 because their economic and diplomatic interests had uh, benefited from having an option of trading with the Spanish or the Americans. Like, they had two tra- two, right. two choices. Exactly. Now all they're left with are the fucking cheating, lying, piece of shit, fucking British. Right. Assholes. So when Harrison and other U.S. officials insisted on the val- uh, validity of the treaty in 1804, it placed, I mean, okay, they things got tense. C- clearly. Native Americans are pissed. They have every fucking right to be. Absolutely. So, the Sock and Fox tribes soon found themselves in the same position as many of the other Native American groups north of the Ohio. And Harrison's aggressive treaty making during Jefferson's presidency, which was 1801 to 1809, resulted in extensive sessions throughout the region that left a number of tribes disgruntled. Duh. You're stealing their fucking lands. Stealing. Right. And telling them they need to be just like you and then it'll be all okay. Fuck you. Yeah. Fuck you, you goddamn thieves. Oh, just disgusting. Like, I gotta bring it for a minute. None of this was taught in school, I'll tell you that. And sure shit ain't being taught now. The effort of two Shawnee brothers, right? The Shawnee tribe? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. One was the war leader, Tecumseh. Tecumseh. Sorry, guys, if that's wrong. And the other was a prophet, and that's Tenskawatawa. Tenskawatawa, yeah. Um, they helped transform this resentment into action. 
They called for a rejection of European tools and um, goods and an end to all land sessions, right? They're, or sessions. They're like, no, we're like, yeah. let's just say we don't need your fucking shit, yep, right? exactly. Because they didn't need it before. So, but the Sock and Fox villages were far removed from the center of their power, the Shawnee brothers' power. Okay. <sighs> and that was in northeastern Indiana. So... They were not really considered in the same territory as far as Native American standards went. Okay. So at the time when thousands of men and women from dozens of tribes were moving to or visiting Prophetstown, most of the Sox and the Sox and Foxes remained in the villages and never fully accepted the Shawnee's message because they didn't really get it. So they didn't realize, like, this is what they're doing. It was never really relayed to the right people. Okay. So, Native Americans were drawn together by the resentment of the aggressive policies of the United States and the rapid influx of American settlers at the same time, that relations between the United States and Great Britain were becoming more tense as well. Right. Well, yeah, right. Um, which then resulted in the War of 1812. Um, but the fighting between the United States and Northwestern Native Americans had begun six months before 1812, or the War of 1812 began. So they were already... Yeah, it was already going on. Yeah. Because in November of 1811, Governor Harrison led a force of Indiana and Kentucky militia in the destruction of Prophetstown in the Battle of Tipper Canoe. Uh, yeah. So that just made Native American resentment against the United States. Well, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. <sighs> so we're going to stop right there, guys. That was a lot. Oh, my God. It's There's That's so much more. That's just the tip of the iceberg. Yeah. Some of the bullshit, it's, I should say. I, I, uh, I'm speechless. It's just disgusting. Absolutely. It's... No. Like, it, I want to mm. puke, honestly. Like, when I was... I had to stop. It took me weeks to finish this research. I had to stop so many times because I was so fucking mad. And I just... I wanted to puke. It's... Well, like you said, that's not anything, at least as far as I recall, that we learned. Mm-mm. You know? And as far as Thomas motherfucking Jefferson... I don't remember where I learned that, but I do remember he, that's what he did. He raped his, he had slaves. I had, and he raped them. I had to do a project. All the time. I had to do a project on him in fourth grade, just Thomas Jefferson. And I went to school and I was like so mad. And I straight up told my teacher, like when I did my presentation, I was going to say that he raped his slaves because I was so mad about it. And she said, no, like if she did, if I did that, she would fail me. So I showed up with my board, my white, you know, the yeah, folder. The, yeah. And I kept it shut the whole time. And when it was my turn, I got up there with a, I had a picture printed out of Thomas Jefferson. And uh, when he opened it, I just had rapist written across. I Good. failed. I failed, but. Oh, wow. She wouldn't let me finish my presentation either. Wow. <laughs> Screw you to whatever teacher that was in fourth grade. I mean. Shame on you for not wanting people to know the goddamn truth. You can't ask me to sit there and try like, talk about the good things, supposed good things this man did. No, he's disgusting. Uh, no, He's not absolutely. a good fucking man. No. No. You no. wanted to decimate cultures. You had slaves. You raped women. Fuck you. Mm-hmm. Fuck you. Yeah. Did I say that once already? Fuck you. I'll say it again. Yeah. So the people in the back can hear you. Yeah. <laughs> fucking piece of garbage. <laughs> Whatever. Uh, so, part two... We're it's, gonna can, we just stay in it. We're gonna just 
continue on with it because, you know, it's just going to get more intense. So mm -hmm. um, make sure you stay tuned um, and please continue to follow us on all our platforms. Uh, reach out to us, email us at uh, slayersisters666 at gmail.com. We love you guys. Thank you. We will talk to you in our next episode. I'm Tina. And I'm Amber. Darkness, Darkness is our way of life. See you in the mirror next time.